0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded podcast. I'm Matt Sainsbury, editor in chief of DigitallyDownloaded.net, and we have a massive crew of people here this week. We have Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Long time No Speak. How you been?
1: Hey, just been good. Me and my fellow black fellas over here, yeah. Okay. That's us start. <laughs> welcome back, Tyler.
0: Welcome back. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Hey, I'm here. Yeah,
1: excited to be here.
0: (laughs) We've got, uh, also we've got Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello, I'm also here. And Harvard? Random joke.
2: Good morning. Yeah, Um, yeah. Let's. I'm here. I feel like we need some context for Tyler's thing, but let's not give it any. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) Yes, let's move on. Um, We've got Matt. Hello, Matt.
3: Hello. And
0: last but not least, we have Ginny. Hello, Ginny.
4: Hi.
3: So
0: yes, we've got a very big crew. Let's get kicking with it. Uh, we'll talk about a bit of the news of the week first up. Um, Ginny, I know you've been crazy busy with life and nonsense, but um, has anything interesting caught your eye this week in terms um, of the news?
4: Yeah, I suppose as of the as of maybe about an hour ago before recording the podcast, Blizzard has announced a new Overwatch hero, um, and Yay. Moved, her name is Ash. And she looks really cool. And she looks like she's like a gunslinger from McCree's dark and shady past, where he was, I guess, like less angsty and getting laid more or something. Um, what if it her- was his
1: dark and kinky past?
4: <laughs> well, probably that. Like, you know, she's got like really, really sharp eyeliner. She's got like a gigantic gun and she also summons an omnic as her alt. So she's into some heavy firepower, probably like a power top or something. You know, I feel like it's plausible. Um, But no, she's a DPS hero, on a serious note. What if she was Um, a
1: DTF hero? I'm sorry.
4: (laughs) (laughs) She's a DPS hero, which is interesting, because I feel like Overwatch has kind of balanced the meta um, so well recently that I don't know why they would add another DPS hero with really, really hard CC in there. We can see that from her skill, she can actually stop people mid-alt, including people like Hanzo with knockbacks. So it's like... I don't know if, like, a heavy disrupt DPS hero is what the meta needs right now, but she looks really cool, she's really hot, and she could definitely just, like, kill me with her thighs, I guess. That's oh, so cool and relevant.
0: I always love how, like, when people are talking about first-person shooters or online games, they start throwing around terms like DPS and knockback and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it, it just makes no f- <laughs> sense to me. But anyway, um, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm still a diva fan. Anyway, um, Tyler. Yo, news, news. What's news. been happening this week wow. that's interested you, caught your attention?
1: Well, you know me. I'm I'm one of those Smash heads. Can't get enough Smash Brothers, and they had an exciting Nintendo Direct this week. Forty minutes for about three minutes of content, but they did <laughs> show the new character PD Piranha. Oh, I think it's just a regular Piranha Plant, but he turns into PD Piranha, the big one, whenever he does his like special attack. And, um it's a really dumb inclusion and I love like just out there stupid inclusions in fighting games like the Daytona USA car and the Fighters Mega Mix for the Saturn. I love that. I love like non-traditional fighting game characters. So I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's certainly interesting. It's going to be a good game, I think. I think.
1: Well, well it's, it's ultimate. It's, it's in the
0: name. You know? It's the ultimate game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still pretty pissed off that like Hatsune Miku is not one of the characters. Put stupid Piranha Plant in, but not a Hatsune Miku. It's a waste, wasted opportunity. What about you, Matt? What's your big bit of news for the week?
3: Um, mine's on a similar note, my big bit of news is Two B coming to Soul Calibur
5: Ooh. Six
3: as a guest character, and making one of the best fighting games I've played in a long time even better.
0: Yes, that's going to be great. She looks good too. She yeah. looks like she's going to be more than capable of holding her own, especially against Gerald.
4: Gerald? Gerald. Did you call him Gerald? Oh, sorry. Gerald I hope so. Gerald.
1: like Gerald. Like that's of- his name in the new Netflix series. <laughs> Gerald.
4: Just, just good old Gerald from Geelong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
5: It looks like It's Gerald. just easier to.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. He looks like Gerald. So, I, you know, I'm just, wrong. I'm just running with it. Uh, what about you? Who, who haven't we got a bit of news from? Ah, Trent. Trent, what about you? What's your big bit of news for the week? My big bit of news is going to be talking about uh, the game of the year for next year. Bubsy is back. Oh, come on.
4: That's, just, no, that's no. delusional.
0: That is delusional. No, no, no. It has potential to be good is by choice provisions they have made great games before like they've what done, they've done things like bit trip um that 3d runner thing oh, oh how like,
4: amazing spectacular are,
0: hey bit trip runners it's, thing. it's, a, it's <laughs> an established developer though it's not some random <laughs> developer like last time
5: okay, and
0: yeah yeah and 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 it's got coming to the switch so that's a plus
4: Oh, God, but, I'm going to play it. God, damn
0: it. Plus, it's going to be an um, auto-runner, so you don't have to put up with bad level design this time around. Um, so it has the potential to be good.
3: C- cool. You did You might still like did, put up with bad level design. It'll yeah.
5: Not, oh, I was going to say, did you,
0: <laughs> did, you actually, did you actually just say that an auto-runner doesn't have bad level design? <laughs> Trent, you obviously haven't played too many of them. Some have... Some have really bad level design. I can promise you.
5: What's, um,
0: what's, what's the one on the t- the skyscrapers? That's probably the last auto runner I've ever played, and probably the first all? All the- Yeah, ca- that's probably the first one
1: I've played and last one I've ever played.
2: I, I don't think it has level design. <laughs> I think it's, it's randomly generated.
1: Even better, no levels to critique. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what about you, Harvard? What's your bit of news for the week?
2: Um, not super exciting, probably most people, because. This is on every other console already, but the Sega Sega Mega Drive collection is coming to Switch, and there's something like 59 games that are mm-hmm. all from that system. And the one I'm most excited about is having another chance to have a take a crack at Fantasy Stars. They have two, three, and four on that on that collection, and this is back when jpg were like really really hard. Like if you try to play Fantasy Stars two and you don't have a map or a walkthrough. It'll put hair in your chest and hair like everywhere else on the US world. It's very.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that sounds super unpleasant, yeah.
0: but okay, <laughs> continue. <laughs> well, almost as unpleasant as actually playing Fantasy Star too. Um Ooh. Actually, it is, a, it, is, it is a good game, but yeah, Harvard's right. You it's actually hard, do need a yeah. map. You do need the maps to actually. And they used to actually print the maps in the actual manual because um, the game was absolutely impossible otherwise because it was just so brutally difficult but yeah it'll be good i'll um i'll take another crack at fantasy star 2 as well i almost finished it back on the game boy advance when they put that collection on the gba um way back when but never quite got there maybe this time and then my bit of news uh to finish up uh medieval we saw the first proper gameplay trailer i guess of the game um this week and It's looking really good. Uh, I was a big fan of medieval back in the day. I don't know if I still am, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Um, It should be be good. I remember medieval being good fun and lighthearted nonsense and uh, played terribly. So if it can be good fun and lighthearted nonsense and play well this time, then that's pretty much all I'm looking for, really.
1: I agree, Matt. You know, let's nut it out for a second. I watched that 4K trailer. (laughs) and i just enjoyed every single second of it can't wait for medieval me too yay yay medieval we yay. actually almost all agree on something i'm amazed
0: um okay some music that's any mickey music we'll let tyler pick the track this week and um we'll come back and we'll talk about retro collections And welcome back everyone. I hope you enjoyed Tyler's magnificent taste in Vocaloid music. Okay, so for the first section of our podcast this week we are going to talk about retro collections because there is a lot of them that have come out either this year, coming out this year, or um, yeah, they're, they're on their way soon enough. Um, Not just in terms of the the video games themselves, like Sega Classics, which uh, Harvard mentioned before. There's also SNK, uh, the SNK collection that's coming up. Capcom's released a whole bunch this year. The Street Fighter one earlier in the year and then the beat 'em up one later on, fairly recently now. Um, On top of that, there's a whole bunch of mini consoles that have come out this year and have now occupied everybody's space under their TV with little bits of junk. Um, The NES one was last year, wasn't it? The Super NES one was this year, I think, earlier, wasn't it? PlayStation's got one coming up this year. Atari's done one and so on and so forth. There's a Commodore 64 one too, which is apparently pretty decent. So yeah, there's a a lot of them. Um, I guess a good place to start would be to talk about how I'm sick of bits of plastic um, occupying space under my TV. It'd be nice if they also released these packages as, you know, downloadable software for existing consoles. Why do you have vibrators next to your TV? What do I have? What now?
1: <laughs>
0: why do you have vibrators next to your TV? Why would I have... What, what are you talking about?
2: That, that's, that's what his mind went when you said this is plastic.
0: Why, why would you use plastic
2: funds? Uh, it's like the don't. only thing that plas- that's plastic that's important to him. <laughs>
0: OK, Tyler, um, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what to do with that, Tyler. I've
1: too much
5: spotlight. Moving on.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be nice.
0: It'd be nice if they release these things as um, software options, like, for instance, the Super NES Mini, if they released a Super NES Mini app thing for the Switch. So you can play all those games on the Switch rather than having to buy another console. I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit cynical from the manufacturers to make these things, knowing that people are going to buy them, even though they're not actually that good of value, really. And um, the PlayStation One doesn't look like it's great value either. It's twenty games on it, but
1: I um, think it's It's not. It's-, 6. it's such a bad game. Which well, one? Yeah. Rainbow Six.
0: Oh, it's terrible, especially the PlayStation one. Like, it is a terrible, terrible game.
1: Yeah, and you're um, playing it with the um the face buttons. Like, ah, oh, remember you're yeah. like that? My god.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's I I remember trying to play that back in the day because people were like, oh yeah, this is good. This is Tom Clancy and something, something, something. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? It's, <laughs> this is
4: good. It's this vocal. is
5: Tom Clancy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, actually,
4: no, I had
0: on the
2: um on, on the PS1. So the classic. Did they have dual sticks on the PS1 at some point?
0: Or did yeah. they introduced it around Ape Escape.
2: Think, yeah, it,
0: it was about halfway through. Um, yeah. The original PlayStation didn't, but then, yeah, about halfway through they did.
3: And the PlayStation
0: have dual sticks.
2: Classic just,
3: doesn't. Right? No.
2: Why would oh, really? Do that? I swear that's what it was. Like the, I saw the controller and it was, there was no dual sticks.
1: Yeah, there's no yeah. dual sticks, no.
2: Wow, that's why,
3: that's why they okay. couldn't put Ape Escape on there. Not that they was have anyway, because they would anyway, f- because they'd make bad decisions about what games to put on there. But
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I didn't even realize that. Okay, um, wow, well, they put Final Fantasy VII on there, which was good, but they didn't put Final Fantasy VIII on, which is not. Um, they should have put Final Fantasy VIII on there. It's like <laughs> but the only, they
5: didn't.
0: It's been lost to time. Yeah, didn't Square Enix actually lose the code for that? That's the problem. That's why we're not that, seeing any remakes or re-releases of Final Fantasy VIII. They've lost it. <laughs>
3: they didn't lose it. They intentionally deleted it because that was just what Square Enix did at that time. Was make the game and then delete everything they used to make it.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, just like,
3: terrible. <laughs> even the original PC version that came out like a couple of a year or two after the PlayStation one was like. They had to reverse engineer it from the released PlayStation version and try to make it that way, and that's why it's so full of bugs.
0: That's that's hilarious. That's really bad. Um, they also um they also have two different versions of the PlayStation because the Western version and the Japanese versions are different, and the Japanese have got the much better version. Oh man, um, there's, there's no,
2: there's no comparison for some reason. For some reason, the Western version was like, let's give them GTA, the original GTA that no one wanted.
0: And it's free. It's actually free. Um, You can get the original GTA on Steam for nothing. Zero dollars. Yeah, like Rockstar Um, even
2: values it at zero (laughs) dollars. Why
0: do so many people want that? No, it's a system seller. Though (laughs) people are complaining, people want the London Expansion Pack, the DLC. They said if that was included, that would be great. That's what people are saying on the internet. Wait, what? There was DLC for that game? Oh. I don't I
2: think
3: those... it was...
0: Number two. Number two was in London.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. 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 And instead, the Japanese got uh, the Ark of the Light games. At least two of them? Three of them? Was it three? Okay, two
2: of them. But they
0: mm-hmm. also got um, Armored Core. They got uh, Armored yeah, like,
2: Core. Like all these good games. And we got just regular. like
0: What people <laughs> we... were cool at the time. So it was very. We, we got regular time. games but we didn't <laughs> even get we didn't even get tomb raider like they haven't even put tomb raider on there um, we'll and tomb raider was yeah. iconic yeah. to to the playstation well that that's the thing i was talking about earlier it's quite cynical because um they they've put games on there that uh have very little value to them um but they know they'll sell copies whereas all the stuff that is of value to them they're, they've held off so i mean the reason they probably didn't put tomb raider on there is because they'd much rather people buy the new Tomb Raider games as such Um Doesn't
2: Microsoft has some kind of deal with them
0: no I don't
3: think so not anymore
0: yeah I, I think it was only for like time exclusivity anyway it's been like they're all on everything now anyway aren't they yeah, yeah. I
3: thought,
2: I thought uh, yeah. the new one the Shadow or the Rise or whatever it's called but yeah maybe I'm wrong
3: the, the, the previous one the second one was a time exclusive for yeah. Microsoft but
1: Plus, like, I don't think anyway, it would, like, really affect their cells, because, like, Tomb Raider, while there is a lot of nostalgic value, which is why I think it should be included in a list like that, those games have held up terribly. Those games are awful, so, like, people would, like, play for five minutes. Like, that's what they kind of do with these systems anyhow. They play something for five minutes, and they realize, oh, that's kind of shit, and then they move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: look, that's been my problem this entire year. So, when the SNES came out, which actually came out last year, I swear it came out last year, but... I've not completed a single game because I just play one for 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, cool, let's go do something else.
0: I literally haven't even opened the SNES one or the NES
2: one. <laughs> I, I, them. I haven't opened them. Expensive collector's <laughs> items. Trent, hold on to them. They're an investment now.
0: <laughs> I mean, the SNES one I did play through uh, Final Fantasy VI or three, as they called it on that one. Um, I did play through that just because it actually does hold up. But every other game, yeah, I haven't playing through. I haven't even played the Star Fox 2, which was the big bonus on there because that was never released before. So um, they put it on there for the first time, but I just can't be bothered. Um, no interest to me. Mario Kart's on there though. That's pretty good. The Star Fox thing though is still a little bit of fun. Like it's like, hey, this game like never came out. And then it's like on like some retro console, like it gives it a little bit of value. Like Sony didn't do that with their console. There's no, here's like some little Easter egg thing, like something lost from the past. It's just yeah, like, yeah, they did. They
3: put Final Fantasy VII on it. Nobody's oh, played that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat>
5: <clears throat> yeah so, think...
0: uh, talking about other, other, um, other collections or we're talking about software collections, because obviously there's a, a few of those, like, like I said, at the start, um, the SNK one, for instance, is coming out soon. I don't know if I can actually talk about it without breaking embargo, but, um, kind of screw it. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, give us, give us facial gestures. Like, what do you feel about it? I'm not amused by it. Let's put it that way. Aww. Um, well, no, I think, I think they've done a good job emulating them and it's a complete package. There's a nice museum feature in there and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can actually play the original arcade version or the original console version because, you know, some of those games were arcade ports and and whatever. Uh, You can even watch a playthrough of those games. So if you're finding the arcade version of the game hard.
1: Those games probably suck to play.
0: Yeah, (laughs) if if you're finding it too hard to play but uh, are interested in seeing the whole thing, you can actually watch a, a full complete playthrough of them um which is that's a nice feature i'm uh, i like the way that they've put the package together
1: but then it's kind of genius my... they sh- i feel like new developers should do that for their games like hire pewdiepie yeah. to record like, <laughs> your, play play, like, for your new video game and then people pay 60 for it and then instead of like actually playing the game themselves they just watch Pie's video they can like, monetize YouTube this, in a more direct way. I think this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> like, like YouTube, YouTube and, anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, that
0: th- those features aside, the good games are kind of behind DLC. Like, there's a lot of DLC that's been added to that game, and yeah, the, I'm not a huge fan of the roster of games that are actually on it to st- off the package. So, yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment for me. Um, but. I did enjoy the Capcom one, which was only a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Beat 'em up collection, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know nice you reviewed around. that one, didn't it? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a good package. Yeah. It, a
5: good
4: package.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's, well, it's it's good.
3: Mentioning that the SNK one, that as far as I know, the DLC is all going to be free.
1: Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the first nice. six games are free, at least. They announced
5: that.
3: Yeah. But are they? Oh, well, that's they, that's enough. The, the second pack lot is free as well. Free packages everywhere,
2: but they, they won't add any any of the Neo Geo games, right? Because they will not the switch anyway. No, yes. these
1: are pre Neo Geo, these are earlier. I'm glad that we're getting some free packages because you know, there's been so much <laughs> attention on like free the nipple, but I'm like, free the package. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Sorry, I just lost the you've plot just, for, like, You've five just seconds. killed Jenny there,
0: Tyler. You've killed Jenny.
3: <laughs> Are you going to be the first one to free the package, Tyler? Yeah. That's going to be the <laughs> hashtag.
4: Take take one for the <laughs> team. <achievement.
0: laughs> free the package.
4: <laughs>
5: oh. Okay, okay on that...
0: Hashtag for, like, lame things, like, puns. Like, I'll ha- have, like, a package arrive from, like, Amazon and just have, like... A picture of it saying, free the package, and then it'll be like me unboxing it, and then I'll be like,
4: free the package! And mm. then you'll take your pants off? <laughs> well, I don't know what is free the package.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might have to re- retitle this DDNet Late Night Edition. Um
4: <laughs> That happens every time Tyler and <laughs> I are
0: in the same podcast. It really does. It's like a, it's like a red flag um, mm-hmm. on when people see who's on the podcast. If they see Ginny and Tyler on the podcast, they know. Not to let the kids listen to this one. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to go to some music and it's going to be G-rated music. Um, <laughs> eh, eh. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, ghosts of Tsushima
5: mm-hmm.
0: and welcome back everybody okay let's talk about ghosts of tsushima we've mentioned it a couple of times i guess in the podcast in the past but we haven't really had a proper discussion about it and i think there's been enough uh, interviews and bits of information that have come out about the game that we can have a conversation about it at this point this is obviously one of sony's big ones coming up for we assume it'll be released next year for next year and um Yeah, I'll start by getting Ginny's thoughts about it. Ginny, based on what you've seen of Ghost of Tsushima so far, are you keen?
4: Um, Based on what I've seen, it looks really cool. Based on what I've read and, I guess, looked at on the internet, I am unsure. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, a historical epic. I mean, there's, like, gigantic uh, castle-sized enemies, so I wasn't, like, looking for, (laughs) like, you know, historical accuracy or anything in the game but it it does kind of feel like the the japanese setting is just window dressing like i mean it's set during a particular time right the whole all the trans and premise were like oh cool like you know people from mongolia are now just like wrecking shit in japan and i'm like okay interesting time for you to put it in because there's so much natural history and conflict there but it looks like for everything that i've seen you don't actually encounter any of that you you really really don't And I just feel like from the interviews that have been done so far with the people behind the game, they've just kind of decided to use that history part as window dressing and not really deal with it at all. So from that perspective, it's a little bit disappointing. I mean, it looks great. Like, I'm not going to lie. It looks amazing and I'm still probably going to want to play it, but I feel like the discussion around the imagery in the game and the aesthetic from the people that direct the game creatively is kind of cringe and a little bit disrespectful <laughs> that's my opinion
0: anyway kind of kind of is kind of is understating it i think um <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's an interesting one because i don't know whether they realized it or not when they decided to start making the game but um the mongolian invasion of japan in the 13th century um was a pretty critical part of japanese history and very um It it became a big part of, I guess, the Japanese samurai culture and the Japanese culture itself as it developed over the next couple of hundred years. It's one of those really critical moments in history, and it needed to be handled. If you're going to tackle that subject in a game, you need to handle it with a certain degree of respect for it, and I don't get the sense that they are from the interviews um like you said it seems like it's kind of window dressing they've actually picked the least important conflict in the entire war as the setting for their game um i assume they chose tsushima as the setting because it was a neat easy way to do an open world because it's kind of an island so it's you know a set size and they can create the whole island within their open world structure but um yeah it's by doing that it's it's you got to ask whether they're going to be able to engage with the topic of the, the Mongolian invasion at all because that battle was the first battle of the invasion and...
4: Everyone it, died, right? That was the whole every, was the Everyone whole thing. died. Everyone they, died, so I don't know what's going to happen. I guess the end of the game, are we just going to keel did every die, I guess, to the Korean forces. Good stuff. Wait 60 <laughs> hours for nothing. Like you know? That would
1: be kind of an awesome game, actually. Like That would be like a really ballsy ending to like, <laughs> you make the slog through this entire well, war and it looks like you're going to make a difference and then everybody just dies. That would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen, but I would love that. I would love to develop where to actually go for it in that kind of way.
0: Or you could just rarely yeah. kill MPSCs like Because
1: old- it reminds yeah. me of when I played Detroit um Become Human, because the way I was playing, I was like I was trying to go a peaceful route and I thought it was gonna be- make a statement like, oh, you have to, you know, like fight against oppression. You can't just, you know, like try to hug it out with like, you know, dozens <laughs> of years of abuse and like you actually have to make a stand. But no, they just like Hillary Clinton was, like, so moved by androids kissing that, like, she pardoned everybody. But I thought they were going to kill us, <laughs> and the point, but they didn't.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I was, mean, that, I was that would be interesting. A similar ending to Spider-Man, actually. I wanted Spider-Man? To- I was hoping that at the end Spider-Man would die, but he didn't.
0: <laughs> yes, and then it became like the other guy, Miles.
3: Yeah, that's. I'm yeah. not even joking. That was what I thought. Thought slash hope was going to happen was that.
0: Yeah, because I was setting it up. Uh, it, was it was like sweet. so perfect. It was oh. like, did so they... happen? <laughs> See, Matt, I was kind of hoping Spider-Man would die in the first chapter, <laughs> and then that, that would be the That, then, that and would and be the interesting... end of the game. <laughs> it becomes
3: a game about you being a citizen of New York, walking around wondering where Spider-Man went. Getting mugged?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> it was just there was just nothing after that. It was the end. <laughs> it was it was like a nihilistic game in which like the tutorial finishes, Spider Man dies, and then it's like, ah, this is actually the whole game. That would be very, um, that would be a statement. I, I would have liked that, and then I would have saved sixty hours of my time chasing yeah. icons around the <laughs>
3: fucking map. Um, and that which brings <laughs> us back onto the topic of Ghost of Tsushima, which aside from everything else, it looks like it's going to be another. Icon chasing game. Oh, it's definitely going to be an like chaser Yeah. Mm. Oh, really?
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, how samurai is that? Having to chase little icons around or do base captures? And now, Matt, and you know like more
1: that? more about this than me. But I heard they didn't chase icons back in the day. I heard
4: like <laughs> samurais
1: used to chase like little children. Is that true about like <laughs> them being pedophiles?
4: Well, they were kind of like like kind of like shitty policemen like they weren't like really like it wasn't like a glamorous job you weren't like lining up to be a samurai so well that- samurai
0: were samurai were effectively uh a, a, a exact copy over of what the knights were in europe um they were the kind of the minor uh, nobility as such so they had land they had property they had people who paid them taxes um in the form of rice um that was how taxes were measured measured I'm not joking. That's how it was. It's, not, it's
1: not really funny for some reason. Um,
0: and you know, the 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 wealth of the lord was basically determined by how much rice they um, the, their area produced. So um, yeah, they they were just basically minor lords, and they were expected to be the ones that did the fighting if um, the fighting needed to happen. And yeah, it's it's that's basically it they they weren't this kind of mystical magical warrior person thing that a lot of western people seem to think they are and that's that's i guess my big concern with this one it's like they're they're probably going to completely misunderstand what the samurai were and what they did and uh all that kind of stuff so yeah i i don't see that working but at and least
3: the making the first ever samurai game. Cause there's never been one made before. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, yeah, that's the most hilarious thing. Before. It's that was, that was the most hilarious thing. That interview that came up this week, like as we record this podcast, there was an interview that went up on Game Informer a couple of days, not Game Informer, sorry, games industry that went up a couple of days ago and the in it, the guy's like, yeah, this is an underused setting. We've never, yeah, we haven't seen many samurai games before. And I'm like, okay, so the dozen odd samurai games I play, um, that come out of Japan every year obviously don't exist because white people didn't make them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. The thing is, uh, I, I guess uh, a lot of people are like, well, we don't try, or especially the, de- the developers as well. They're like, well, we're not trying to be realistic uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and that's fine. I would say that Koei Tecmo probably doesn't try to be realistic with its Samurai Warriors games either. Um, but you can be authentic without being realistic, and I don't see... The, it's a the lack of authenticity in this one that's concerning me. Um, all I see is this very romanticized vision of what Japan and the samurai and all that kind of stuff is, and I don't want to play the last samurai, the movie. I just don't want, like, Tom Cruise's samurai film um, game.
1: Have That'd be really that good, game, though, though, because, he, like, he's so short... So you'd have this really tiny protagonist? <laughs> <laughs>
2: like that would be like pretty neat. It probably work <laughs> into some joke about um joke about how everyone in Japan is also short, so it's not that it's not that big of a deal. Oh oh, they
0: actually were back then. They were very short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not being Histori- racist I'm just saying statistically. <laughs> no, historically they were tiny back then. They were tiny, tiny people. Yeah, um, have, they re- they-
2: have they revealed um who the voice cast for this game is?
0: Uh no, not that I know. I know that I know. Probably <laughs> guessing, <Baker>. but probably
4: <laughs> probably Matt Mercer or
5: some shit.
0: I know that they actually said that you can um you can play the game in Japanese, and they tried to make a big feature of that. Like uh, you, not many other games you can play the voice yeah. acting in Japanese, unlike yeah you know, every. <laughs> Japanese <laughs> game that's made but um yeah it seems to be that they're, they're particularly proud of the fact that you can actually play the game in Japanese if you want um so yeah do these developers they're, even play Japanese games I no. sincerely I and genuinely say this I don't think they do <laughs> that's the thing they they seem to be very unaware of um beyond a vague impression that Japanese people make Japanese games they, they don't seem to be aware of just how much stuff is out there um by Koei and Square Enix and whatever. Especially Koei. But what about you, Matt? Are you looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima overall?
3: Not really. Okay. What
0: about you, Tyler? Are you looking (laughs) forward to Ghost of Tsushima?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I typically like... uh, Sucker Punch is typically okay. I'm sure it'll be like a fine game. But nothing really has interested me any. Uh, Like, there's nothing standing out. It looks pretty, though. But, like, there's five million pretty games now. Like, that <laughs> doesn't differentiate enough for me.
3: It's, it's a very, like, photorealistic pretty that is pretty until another more realistic game, more realistic-looking game comes out. Yeah, up. for sure. And then it's like, okay.
1: Plus, it doesn't, like, the lazy bastards at Sucker Punch, they didn't <laughs> model any horse testicles for this game. Yeah. <laughs> so how can I even play this after Red Dead?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, what's the it's,
0: point yeah maybe that's it should true. deliver a package but i was trying to free the,
3: the free the package
0: <laughs> yeah free the package
3: yeah 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 um, i
0: guess that's the thing that the other thing sony is going to have to somehow beat red dead with it um because as we all know um in the blockbuster space, it's only the top game that seems to matter. So yeah. whatever that game is, at oh whatever came out that
5: week.
3: All, all, yeah. All Sony has to do is market it by saying like, "Hey, this we didn't make this game by forcing people to work hundred hour weeks, and then
5: <laughs> they'll
3: work for a while until something comes out a few weeks later that shows that actually they did." <laughs> yeah, I
0: imagine Sucker punks probably do work hundred hour weeks. To be honest, yeah plus if you work 100 hours a week then you'd be like oh well lazy developers blah 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 they did do their research and that's why it's not authentically japanese or something i don't know like speaking of research that's the other issue i have with this thing um it's in a couple of interviews now they keep saying that they are working with experts to to make this game and stuff and i'm like well which experts. They're very cagey about actually saying who they're working with, uh or who they've got their information from, where their research has come from. And I don't know. I, I it seems sketchy to me.
3: I
1: mean I don't want to I break suspect. news on the podcast, but it's actually me. I'm the expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you're the expert, <laughs> are you Tyler? Oh that's good
3: yeah. to the okay that uh, that makes it fine. I am now looking I just to... clean
1: pieces <laughs> of information yeah, about it. Japan from your reviews and then I give them like secondhand summaries that aren't as detailed. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's all. That's all I need to
0: know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Now I'm very much looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. they should call it. They should call it Ghost of Tsushima by Thai Trees. <laughs> 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 okay, Matt explained what the war
1: was earlier in the podcast. Tyler, what is the game about? Go. Well, you know, it's about discovering yourself as a samurai and embracing the inner ordeal. Uh, you know, the inner ordeal. Of living life on an island and being Japanese and embracing the culture, <laughs> and bringing the package. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just change the name to Sucker Package Productions.
4: Sucker Package Productions.
0: <laughs> on that note, we're going to music. <laughs> Welcome back everybody. For the final section of the podcast we are going to talk about uh, rhythm games because there's been a few of them released and it's been a pretty good couple of years overall for rhythm games especially if you own a Nintendo Switch. Uh, This week has brought us the Taiko the Drum games on the Switch and PlayStation 4. Those are different games so you can get both versions and be very happy. Um, And it's the first time that those games have been released in English for quite a while and that's a good thing. And we'll start by talking with Jenny, you've been playing the uh, Switch one for review for DD Nets. What are your yeah. thoughts about Taiko the Drum?
4: Taiko the Drum is a little shit. Like the drum character, he's a little <laughs> shit. <laughs> but Taiko the game, <laughs> the, the, the character's not called Taiko. The character. Well, I, I know, but like the, the different, like like you know, the the Katsu drum and the curry drum and all the other drums are little shits. But
5: <laughs> what, that's, so, that's so happy. How can you
4: not what like? What about
1: the- Taiko the Panic
4: Arcade guy? Uh, I think that comment
2: still applies.
4: (laughs) So uh, Taiko is probably one of my favorite arcade games ever. Um, I know uh, Matt, Cod, um, also living in New Zealand like me. We don't have a huge range of arcades and there was, like, this one shitty arcade um, in my city, which is not Matt City. Matt City is way cooler. One shitty arcade in my city that was, like, a Chinese-run arcade. It had, like, all the shittiest games in it, but it had two that really stood out. So it had, like, a Tekken set and a Taiko set. And what? I know.
3: We don't, have, we don't have any any arcades in Wellington.
4: Oh, okay. Well, sorry. My city's
3: sets. Well, I don't think <laughs> we have any arcades at all anymore.
4: But yeah, it had a taiko set and it was dope. Um, It was all the text wasn't Chinese. Um, So if you were white, you were out of luck. Um, So all my friends would bring me along as the token Chinese person to actually read the text (laughs) on the machine and help them play it. And... um, yeah, so I love rhythm games. Everyone that's listened to me talk about anything on this podcast will know that by now. I love Voaz, I love pretty much every rhythm game on the Switch. I love Bang Dream, and I play Love Live. It's like a character fault of mine, the amount of Love Live that I play. <laughs> so the fact that um, I can actually play Taiko now, um, I guess on the go, essentially, is it, great, and I love it. Um, it does not have the full arcade range of songs. Obviously, the song library is not as gigantic there are still different categories like pop um Japanese music classical music the selection is a lot lot smaller than the arcade version so if you're like a solely arcade player like I was with Taiko that will be a big adjustment for you to make but you do unlock songs as you play so I've unlocked maybe about 10-ish songs so far from getting different achievements in the game you don't really know when you'll get these songs it just kind of happen, like from playing the game or using different characters to actually I guess be the the drummer so i mean it happens organically and it's fun um the music um is great the aesthetic is great in case you don't know what taiko is um it's not an osu mod i know that's how a lot of people figure out what taiko the drum is but it's basically a game where you simulate drumming so with the dragon controls you're basically beating on an imaginary drum how would um, you compare it to
1: the greatest drumming game uh (laughs) beats.
4: Um, well, there's K-pop music in Taiko the Drum, so Taiko the Drum wins, I guess.
1: If you had to compare it to a banana, what would you call it, Jenny? Uh,
4: this would be like a top banana of games, yeah. It'd be like up there, you know what I mean? Um, I I think that the aesthetic is really fun and cute, um, the art style is amazing, and it Character
0: design, character design by, uh, Yoko Taro's wife, Yoko Taro. Oh,
4: yeah, that's right. Yoko Taro. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I it's it's great. I agree. I uh, played the PlayStation 4 version, slightly different songs like I said before. Uh it's really good. It's got PPMP on it, which is great. I know okay. everybody hates that song, but I like that song. Yeah.
1: Are yeah. there Miku songs what? on it? What?
0: There are Miku songs on it. There are. There,
4: there's and you can unlock, a lot of music.
0: And you can unlock um you can unlock Hatsune Miku costumes for the drum which is which is cool <laughs> it's really cool That's i think so the biggest cool question color. is should you get the jump drum packet which comes with physical drums or should well i don't have,
4: have the, the drum the packet console? unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um i've been playing it actually mostly in handheld mode i tried it with a joy-con and it's fine like it's playable um but i feel like it works just as well handheld which i was really really surprised by because obviously like visually your um switch When you've got the Joy-Cons in it, it doesn't look anything like a drum or the regular Taiko drum set. But it works. Controls are pretty much seamless, um, even in handheld.
0: I think that's the best thing about the game that I really like uh, is just how many different control options they have Um, for rhythm games. I think it's important that rhythm games let you play kind of how you want. (laughs) Uh, And with Taiko the drum, you can get the drum accessory. You can play with motion controls. You can play with buttons. And I think on the Switch, it's touchscreen option as well. And vaguely, yeah. Remember them? I think there's a touchscreen option as well. Obviously, touchscreens options not there with the PlayStation Four. You can't go up to your TV and start <laughs> tapping it.
5: Um,
0: but yeah, the the options are great. Which is yeah, I, I think that's important with rhythm games. And to segue a little bit into Pianista, uh, which is the other rhythm game that was recently released, which is a great game on the Switch. Uh, it's about playing classical music, and it's um, yeah, it's got about what forty odd different. Uh, classical tracks and it simulates, I guess, the experience of playing the piano. You can only play that one with buttons, which is on, on the switch, which is odd because on the mobile version, it's obviously touch screen. And it just feels like it should be a touchscreen game, but they've turned touch screen off. And that annoys me. Um, I think, yeah. Rhythm games need lots of different options. What about you, Matt? You have played all of these rhythm games recently. What are your thoughts about how rhythm games are going at the moment and some of these ones and touch screens and stuff?
3: Um, Rhythm games are good. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I yeah, I agree with you on pianista. It's. I think it's also worth mentioning that it's not like they haven't just taken lifted it off the mobile version and stuck it on Switch without and then like put buttons in there. Mm. They've kind of tried to adapt it to. The switch into button controls. Oh, okay. But
0: I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, there, there are. If you play the um, mobile version, there are a lot of things that just wouldn't be possible with um, on with that with button controls, like the those kind of notes where you have to hold them, but then they like slide up and down the from side to side of the screen. Ah, oh, right. That kind of stuff. So they have sort of done their best to adapt it to buttons and I think it mostly works. But it's still having a touch screen option would be better and would help a lot, especially on the trickier songs where when you yeah, when you have to press lots of buttons quickly in sequence, you when you're only using your thumbs it gets tricky. So I I can't imagine how anyone would actually be able to play the hardest songs without doing like the old Tekken claw, <laughs> the claw type of hold holding the controller but on both sides so that you can have a finger on each button instead of moving your thumb between them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well,
3: but if, aside from that, it's a really good game and Taiko is very good as well.
0: It is, um, it is. Um. yes. Uh, what about you, Harvard? I know you're quite a fan of rhythm games. What do you look for in a rhythm game? To, uh, yeah,
2: so, what, what, what makes a good one for you? So this is going to be a controversial opinion, but a good rhythm game needs a doesn't very exist,
4: dumb... doesn't exist, is what <laughs> going to say. <laughs> no, <Nah>, it
2: needs <laughs> a very dumb per- peripheral. So, like, the, the giant drum in Taiko, or, like, the dance pads in DDR, or, like, my favorite, the, the 16 square buttons on Jubeat. Yes, like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like, you go to an arcade, and you go to see the machine, and he's like, I don't know how anyone would practically play that. That's how you know it's going to be a good rhythm game.
0: <laughs> there was um so, there was a rhythm game i uh, there was a rhythm game I played which is older in um japan it, it was an old arcade that i went into i think it was developed by Konami and it's actually a keyboard um a, a full piano keyboard <laughs> it also, sounds like hard mode would not it's do it's it. it's a bit like pianista i guess but it was more pop j pop music and stuff <laughs> and you were you were just playing along and the keys would light up and you'd have to hit the right key in the right time and all that kind of stuff that was pretty good. I like Did that. You ever play, um... So uh, yeah, peripher- peripherals are good. Peripherals are definitely good. Do you ever play my Mind?
2: No, I haven't. It's has anyone has anyone, has anyone... not seen it? It's like this giant wheel panel that you need to slide your whole body across. It's it's just.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good.
5: I, I
3: just
0: find that yeah. very badly.
3: Yeah. I do um, like
0: games where I slide my whole body across. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> I just mean, like, you, you move your arm
2: from one side of the panel to the other, but it's very, like, cardio.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, hey, Matt, how's on um, Gal medal? Gal medal. good. I haven't played Gal metal. Oh, that Matt. Other Matt. You have to Sorry. qualify which Matt, have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just assume you guys will know what I'm talking about.
3: Um. <laughs> yeah, so when, when Matt said the other the other rhythm game, he he forgot one because there's also Gale Metal, which for some reason released on the same day as Taiko the Drum, but um, both are very good games. Um, it's sort of it's more it's very different to most rhythm games in that usually you have a beat map and the game tells you press these buttons at this time and you try to do it and then you fail and you cry a little bit and then you try again and you keep doing that until you succeed. Um, Gal Metal doesn't really have that. It's more just about freestyle kind of you just drum and there's a really complicated scoring system based on like you you have to be in time to the music still um, if you just don't, then you won't get a very good score. Um, But it's mostly up to you about choosing what kind of rhythms you do. And it works surprisingly well in terms of, uh, how do I describe it, like basically real drumming in, in an odd way, where you're not really just given a sheet of music and say so play that. It's more about.
1: So I guess my question goes out to the good Matt. Um, <laughs> Which one's? What's that? your favorite like uh rhythm game of all time?
3: Who's the good Matt?
4: Clearly, Matt. whoever answers apparently. <laughs> I was, <just>, was
1: <laughs> going to let you fight over it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's the it's the Senran Kagura cooking game actually. That's the best rhythm game of all time.
1: Hey, that game. So Jimmy really winds good. up being the good Matt.
5: Yeah,
0: that's a good a name. That, that is a good rhythm game, though.
5: Mm-hmm. That's
0: interesting. not that game existed?
4: Kind of, to a rhythm,
1: yeah? <laughs> for the record, the best rhythm game is uh, Elite Beat Agents. Thank you. No. The, yeah. the, no, that is... Was... That is a good one. It is, it's all right, yeah. It's,
4: it's, it's got, like, zero anime elements, so that's objectively... Well, managed. let
1: me tell you about Don, the Japanese version of the game, which is also tied for best rhythm game, because... You've got two competing, cheerleading, male cheerleading squads mm-hmm. and many anime elements in it.
4: Yeah, but then, I mean, and there's... And, and,
3: and that's what Osta is based on. So, you know.
4: Mm.
0: It is... I, I agree with Tyler on that. It is up there. But the best one is, of course, Hatsune Miku. Mm. Project EVA, Future Time. You're it is by saying far that the best...
4: because of the Twin tails. Well, that, uh, that, has, that like does factor
0: in.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a... The like, leading criteria in reviewing a game.
0: But on top of that, it is uh, the best rhythm game ever made. Um I mean, that one has 200-odd songs on it, and it's challenging, and I still haven't finished with it, and I've put, like, 800 hours into that game by itself. I, never, I, I never so...
3: thought I'd see you praising a game purely based on content. This is the best game. It has two hundred songs.
0: <laughs> well, no, it has because it, because it has two hundred
5: songs. Gonna, you're gonna say oh, you I'm... love
3: Red Dead because it took you six thousand hours to play the story. A, mean, a, a, we, a weaker version of a story you could.
1: I love that I set off this mad on Matt crime going on here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. You'd be lied to say that uh, the, the track list didn't count for a rhythm game, Matt. So um,
4: that's true. I think Voez has a really great and varied track list, like of different genres. And that's what kind of makes it. So yeah, cool. it's, it's the variety. I mean, it's
0: not, it's yeah. not the fact that it's got content for the sake of content. It's the fact that, you know, they use that track list to really build out a range of different musical experiences to enjoy. Um, Voez is a good, another good example. Demo is another good example as well. Also available on Switch.
1: Let's think Demo. about the variety in Twin tails you can select from.
4: In Vo- uh, I guess there's a lot of anime art with Twin tails in
1: it. So that's not wrong. Yeah, but Voez
0: needed more animation. Like once you actually playing the game, oh, you know, all yeah. these little it's bars like on the, the screen top top and screen. stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah, And
0: then you've got to go into like the story mode and unlock stuff to get the, the good pictures, which is, yeah, that's too much like work. At least <laughs> with... with with the miku game so all the the twin is right there on the screen right in front of you um the whole time you're playing which is it it makes it hard to get a perfect i get distracted a lot of the time while i'm playing (laughs) i I start watching the
3: video clip instead um but you know um one one word of advice i'd give to anyone playing either taiko or gal metal on switch is make sure you have uh the rumble feature turned on um for the first few hours of both of those games, I forgot that I had turned off Rumble at a system level because of some game that I can't remember what it was that just really abused Rumble to the point that playing it made my hands hurt, and there was no way to turn San it San off.
4: Reflections? Huh? Was it was it Sanran Kagura Reflections?
3: No, I have never played that, and I've <laughs> no, no plans to. But um, this wasn't like. This was just basically playing, while you're playing the game, just the the controller just shake the whole time, and it was like, made my hands all itchy. So I turned it off at the system level and have never thought about it since, until now, when I was playing these games for a few hours each and what trying motion controls and like this, why is this not working? How did it release in this state? Why would you make something that just with the motion controls just don't even come close to even resembling, resembling a finished product? And then something somebody on Twitter said made me consider, made me realize that, wait a minute, I'm not getting any like rumble feedback. And then I remembered that I turned it off. And once I turned it back on, then everything was fine. And motion controls became the best way to play both those games. And that's my story. So motion controls, (laughs) rhythm, uh, rumble on always.
2: No, I like the I like the switch especially because the it rumbles in different ways. So like when you dong and when you cut, it's like
5: it feels different to
2: each
5: other. You
0: feel the individual ice cubes. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we're going to wrap up for the week. Um, We'll pick some music from Taiko the Drum. What's your favourite song from Taiko the Drum, Ginny?
4: um favorite song uh I, I guess we could use the japanese cover of uh of this k-pop song which is nice
0: <laughs> okay we'll do that um so yeah that'll be what you're listening to to finish off thanks very much for tuning in everybody and thanks everybody too for being on the podcast this week and we will catch you all next week thanks very much